okay do click follow button for msme talk on the platform where you are listening to get notification for the next episode release now is when we talk about cloud kitchen the future is all about smart cloud kitchen smart cloud kitchen is is cloud kitchen which does a lot of cooking through elements with ai and ml and right from the presentation to the amount of ingredients which are going inside and so on and so forth in fact recently zomato has acquired a stake in a company called bukunda foods to just just the same thing they create robotics and an iot enabled uh, gadget for your food preparation and i think kitchen automation is not the future it's it's here right now it's just that we need to see when it becomes cost efficient to idly you know acquire them at scale this is episode number 16 of msme talk podcast on cloud kitchen with manveer singh anand CEO Night Gourmet Welcome back to MSME Talk podcast MSME Talk podcast is for micro small medium enterprises startups and entrepreneurs in which we discuss with industry experts and experienced entrepreneurs on specific value addition guidance and solve queries to help build long lasting businesses Manmi Singh Anand is a food business expert, serial entrepreneur and an author. He's also a strategic investor and mentor to multiple food and beverages ancillary startups and cloud kitchen brands. He's the founder and CEO of Night Gourmet, which is a pan-India presence event hospitality solutions company and presence across 11 states, 30 cities, having experience of serving over 1 million people for properties like India Premier League, India Super League, IIFA awards etc his experience spans serving some of the most demanding palates across the world likes of the legends like Sachin Tendulkar Rajinikant Rahul Dravid Robert Carlos Nawazuddin Siddiqui to name a few now let's talk about cloud kitchen so doorstop food delivery services are the latest trend to have changed the dynamics of the food and beverage industry According to a report by Red Sea Management Consulting, cloud kitchens are set to be a dollar 2 billion industry in India by 2024, up from just 400 million dollar in 2019. The advent of third-party food delivery platforms has further accelerated the growth of food delivery services in tier 2 and tier 3 cities. The technology-driven delivery platforms has also fueled the demand for cloud kitchens. also known as dark kitchens virtual restaurants ghost kitchens and delivery only restaurants this versatile model is gaining popularity for sustainable dynamics such as low capital investments quick turnaround times limited human resources target driven marketing ease of customer acquisitions etc however despite the significant advantage Some contributing factors can ruin the cloud kitchen business and lead to failure. In this episode, let's understand about secret sauce of successful cloud kitchen from cloud kitchen expert Manveer Singh Anand. Let me welcome Manveer on the show now. A very warm welcome Manveer on MSME Talk podcast to enrich our listeners on cloud kitchen business. Thank you thank you so much I appreciated uh, Tripti I I just love what you're doing at the MSME podcast and, and it's a privilege indeed to uh, contribute back to the ecosystem 
and i think it's an interesting space what we've been discussing about today i'm very excited to 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 share with you what are my thought you know what is my thought process on the industry and how is it that people can benefit from this particular evolution what is really making the country uh, with a lot of new opportunities great so manvi you have a very interesting journey so far and especially mm-hmm. related to food and serving the palates and making people happy so please share something more about you so uh, you know tripti i fundamentally believe that you know my journey is, is relatively very different from a lot of food entrepreneurs but i fundamentally believe the beauty of the food industry is that it allows people from every walk of life to have a shot at this particular industry it's a it's an it's an industry without with absolutely no barriers to entry per se however uh, you know the idea is what that that if you are if you have the passion if you have the right right frame of mind and you can hustle uh, which i always say you know it's you know it's 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 the right industry to be in because it's all about service about product and it's it's so much about being in a people's business so i come from a mammon consulting background i started my career with a uh, with a mammon consulting firm uh, you know happened to basically uh, dabble across multiple things on the consulting side and that's when you know one day like like every corporate you know essentially you know at a point in time the the you know the thought was to start something of your own and and that's when you know i happened to start one of the first cloud kitchens in in the country way back in 2013 which was called night bites uh which eventually uh we were able to scale up um you know within a span of uh, 18 months you know that strategically acquired by a by a private investor and and that was the first uh, entrepreneurial journey or my first stint with food because i just didn't know anything about food and i still remember that i i never found a footing in food i mean i mean i never was interested in the industry per se but you know it was just finding that opportunity of that cloud kitchen business which really got me in and ever since you know right now like what you had shared after that that the strategic uh, you know sell out you know we were basically uh, you know trying to scout what is the next best next best opportunity we can we can idly work upon and that's when i happened to start start this company called night gourmet uh, which is basically the holding company which i'm running which is a event hospitality services company we work with a lot of event mandates all across the country we have three local offices delhi mumbai chennai and like i said out of all this learning you know just to keep it short and crisp we'll be discussing more details is the one fact that you don't have to be a chef or a hotel management graduate to be in the food business that's the best learning because right when i sold my business i thought that since i made some money in the food business i must go back to the kitchen and learn the basics and i went to london i mean i did my culinary management and once i came back my best learning of being on the both sides of being on the front end side and being on the back end side made me realize that you know this is a common sense business and and the other realization was that common sense is not common and 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 you know that's the uh, that that's that's the takeaway i have but more details will be probably discussing in the in the in the future in, in the in the further conversation which we have yeah very interesting so manvi we will begin the episode with our very basic question okay so that our listeners who are still not in the cloud kitchen can also know about it uh so what is cloud kitchen in simple terms and what are the key highlights of the industry currently so in a gist or if i want to put it on a line cloud kitchen is a process of basically selling your food online it can be either you know through your direct means which can i mean if you're running a home based cloud kitchen business it can be basically a you know a person selling a home based meals essentially of sorts so that can also be a cloud kitchen if you're selling through aggregators which is like a swiggy zomato 
no that's 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 a professional cloud kitchen business where in which you know you're you're selling on an aggregator platform essentially of sorts so idea is that when you're making your you know you're making food from a kitchen space you don't have a physical retail space where people can walk in where people uh, where where probably uh, you know you have a physical interface between the customer and you you're getting orders on the cloud people are trusting your brand online and from there they're placing your order and you are either getting direct orders or aggregate orders and you're getting it delivered to the right customer that in a nutshell is a cloud kitchen it's all about selling food online wherein which you don't have a physical interface with a customer so in a gist that is what cloud kitchen business is okay got it so uh, could you share something about the industry what's happening currently in the cloud kitchen industry in the market so you know i'll tell you in the in the current ecosystem you know the market has really been disrupted so you know if we talk about the pandemic i think you know i always share this uh, this is one of the best data points i can probably share with you before the pandemic which is 2019 the size of the cloud kitchen industry was approximately around uh, 9 920 crores broadly you know uh, anywhere between 8 to 900 crores broadly you know what i can say and the beauty of the ecosystem the way it's evolved over the over the last you know especially post the pandemic when the dine in service was down uh, you know the cloud kitchen industry was pegged to grow five times in the next five years so basically that was supposed to become a 1 billion dollar market which is 7500 crores as per indian market size so compare a 800 crore kind of a market size before the pandemic to you know approximately a 7500 crore kind of a market size that's the kind of opportunity the industry had to offer and 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 like i said uh basis that what has happened is that there the, 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 the are multiple people you know who are finding the viability and they're calling in the cloud kitchen business because the overheads and the overall economics of the business is very different so so right now what i can tell you about the industry is that the industry is really growing at a massive massive pace there are multiple new players coming in in fact the beauty of this country is that the biggest cloud kitchen cloud kitchen uh you know in the world comes from the country itself which is rebel foods apparently so yeah so so like i said you know the space is really heating up and and india is at the forefront of of all the innovation what is happening in this space today every restaurant wants to be a cloud kitchen but the cloud kitchen does not want to be a restaurant and that's the beauty you know what 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 is happening in the in the current ecosystem and there's a lot of consolidation happening which i'll be talking to you in the you know in the few, in the further questions that that you know a lot of new players are coming in like eat fit uh, probably if you've heard of fresh menu all these companies are are actually coming in a consolidation phase and and so like i said the space is really exciting it's getting a lot of venture capital interest and there's so much more you know which which a person can do right now with the current ecosystem uh, vis-a-vis earlier times yep that's interesting so uh, while you were mentioning you know it's a very interesting space many people are entering it so the cloud kitchen business is suitable for whom you know right from four to five star restaurants to neighborhood restaurants or home bakers who should think for capitalizing this segment so i uh, personally think that you know whenever you're looking at the cloud kitchen you know aspect i think you know a cloud kitchen business has done nothing but it's tried to democratize the entire business uh, the way it used to happen earlier earlier you need, I mean probably you know if you understand the food business or anyone in the fnb industry people had to have a capital size of approximately around minimum of 25 30 lakhs or 40 lakhs to start a business in today's time you can probably start a cloud kitchen from the comfort of your phone and that's the beauty of it right so when you ask me you know 
who's the right demographic and you know who's it best suited for i think anyone and everyone even remotely interested in the food business ecosystem and like i said in the food business ecosystem there are multiple aspects one is of course the cloud kitchen one is the qsr one is the home based uh, you know you know home based you know home chefs uh, home chefs and home bakers and of course your existing hotels all of them are finding a viability in the cloud kitchen business because right now the cost of starting a business is a fraction of what it used to be the simple answer to your question was that it's for anyone and everyone even remotely interested in the in the food business is for a, for each one of them essentially of sorts so that's that's what okay. i can give you my input on yep got it so that's interesting so uh, while you mentioned that budget is very friendly in this case and there's a lot mm-hmm. of flexibility here so what kind of a budget cloud kitchen can be started with and uh, what can be the uh, say ongoing working capital requirement for initial 6 months to 1 year you know on the say lower side higher side can always be there can be any limit but what can be so i'll tell you my thesis is very simple the way i look at the cloud kitchen industry is in two aspects why i say that is because people need to understand a lot of people think cloud kitchen is just about selling on swiggy zomato i fundamentally look at it very differently but the budget is basically you have to understand two concepts one is that there is a home based cloud kitchen business and the second one is a professional cloud kitchen business a home based cloud kitchen business you can start in as less as 50000 rupees which is basically your packaging your branding your initial inventory and you're good to go with an instagram handle that's it i don't know people making lakhs of money just just to an instagram handle so right now budget is not an excuse per se for a passionate being you know who wants to idly start a business from the comfort of a home or him of her or him for that matter on the second side it's a professional cloud kitchen business where in which you need a capex you need a proper kitchen you need an entire team you need uh, you know right from a cdp to an exec- executive chef to a manager uh, and you need the best of of kitchen equipment so that you know the hygiene protocols and everything is is taken into consideration for that your minimum capital to be invested is a, is minimum of of 6 lakh rupees what you need to start a professional cloud kitchen business So like I said if someone is very serious about the business he's probably dabbled into the space or probably someone has a capex and he wanted to start a restaurant for example you know someone had a budget of 50 lakhs earlier to start a restaurant he can probably open up five six smaller cloud kitchen brands or smaller cloud kitchen businesses across multiple places in the city and he's good to go so 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 that's the typical investment across these two parameters and that's why like I said is democratized because 50000 to 6 lakhs is nothing in the you know in the entire food business ecosystem because earlier these investments used to be 25 30 lakhs to going up to up going upwards of a 5 crore to 6 crores and so on and so forth yeah okay so uh, how about the working capital requirement here let's take a quick break MSMEs and startups are looking for various kinds of support and upgrade are you a product service provider expert advisor consultant mentor for msmes and startups do reach out to msme talk to list your business check the link in the description so you know like i said the working capital is act- is actually directly proportional to the kind of business which you are doing but but typically from a working capital perspective i fundamentally see that you know home based cloud kitchen business is absolutely very minimal working capital why because you 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 know so the home based cloud kitchen works on the on the fundamental that you take an order you you receive an advance and then basis that you know you deliver you deliver quantity right so the working capital requirement there is less 
but when you're talking about a professional cloud kitchen business your 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 typical working capital requirement would be anyway starting one one and a half lakh rupees a month going up to somewhere around four to five lakh rupees a month depending on the kind of scale which you're doing because what really happens is your working capital is dependent on the aggregator sale what you're doing so if a professional cloud kitchen business is online nowadays i think a lot of cloud kitchen businesses do 70 percent of their sales come from the from the aggregator platform and the payments come after like like seven to ten days and so on and so forth so in that case depending on the volume sheer volume it can vary anywhere starting one lakh rupees going up to you know uh you know four and a half five lakhs to to the scale you know which they're operating at so like i said if you're starting up and if you're indenting it as part of your budget i would say indent at least a one one and a half lakh rupees a month additional as your working capital budget so that you know you have initially besides the six lakh rupee capex investment you have another 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 four to five lakh rupees which is your cap which is your uh your opex cost what you need essentially to run the run the business yeah yeah now next moving on to understanding the uh setting up of a cloud kitchen if someone who is new and want to set up a cloud kitchen what are the important steps required you know so i i'll give a conventional answer you know which which i am very very fond of and i believe this this goes more on the motivational side, but that's very important because it's about winning the mind first. And the first and the most important step, you know, if anyone is starting in the cloud kitchen business, is you have to think like a brand. Why do you have to think like a brand? Because you know, eventually you're just operating a kitchen, and you you don't have any customer interface. So you might be thinking that you might you know that that it's just a kitchen. What I'm operating, it does not make you think like a brand because of which what happens is a lot of cloud kitchen operators think. And I'll probably open up a, you know, I'll open up a kitchen and we list on a Swiggy Zomato and we'll start doing sales. But elements like your brand, your packaging, your name, your logo, your look and feel, what you create is very important. So the first thing is to understand that in the, in the existing business, because you are, you're in a faceless business, your brand is your face. And if someone can understand this fundamental aspect, he's much ahead of a lot of people who are just roaming like headless chickens who don't even know what they're doing. So the first aspect is that. Second aspect is basically figuring it out that what is the kind of niche they're trying to pick, pick up. You know, I always have, you know, I fundamentally believe in this thought process. The riches are in the niches, right? That, the, that you know, you can only make money if you focus on one niche and you try to capitalize on that. So if today is not the time where in which you walk in, you you probably, I mean, think about yourself, Dutri. If you want to place an order and, and you're sitting in, in the evening and you want to have a wrap, so you'll probably prefer to go to, a, you know, go or put a keyword of wrap and you'll see, you know, which are the restaurants, you know, which exude a specialized restaurant or a specialized cloud kitchen versus a general, generalized, you know, uh, probably you, you can order from a Haldiram or a Bikinarwala, but you know, they're not specialists into, into that, right? So if you pick up a niche and, and you can really try and build your, your authority in that, that is what is the second important aspect before you start a cloud kitchen business. But it's very easy to be infatuated about that. Third and most important, location, 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 absolutely not important in the cloud kitchen business. A lot of people are in the, you know, do the mistake. They pick up, even in the cloud kitchen business, they pick up places which are relatively very expensive, you know, I mean, in, in terms of the capex involved and so on and so forth. And, and don't, don't really find the kind of viability what 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 a business should be having in the cloud kitchen business you have to be just within the five kilometer radius of your customer that's it you can be anywhere you can be on the top of a building or probably you know on the basement of a you know of a, of, of a commercial kitchen space 
or probably you know operating out of a small you know small alley where you have multiple kitchens so location is a very important aspect but it is not the prime important you know prime aspect you just have to be within the 5 km radius of your customers that's pretty much about it okay fourth and most important is that you have to really understand because and and all this while i say this just don't take me wrong i have not even come to the food because the food is a given if you don't do the food you'll not be in the business for long but but what i fundamentally recommend to you is that because you're in a faceless business your brand does the marketing for you but you need to further do your marketing and sales blitz because we are living in a in a world of online reputation everyone is a online brand essentially nowadays right and and if you're not able to market yourself online in terms of your reviews in terms of your uh you know your uh, your influencer you know influencer outreach or probably in terms of uh you know the, the the kind of rating which you have online all these aspects play a very major role in terms of your cloud kitchen business and like i said if you focus on these four aspects you'll have a much smoother road and 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 once you factor all these things before you start out you know your your chances of success would be would be, would be much higher because these are aspects people don't even consider and the fourth one which i said marketing and sales blitz is a very quintessential aspect because you know you don't have a like in a in a conventional format had you have a retail shop people would have actually seen your brand right you know it would have been a hoarding but once people can't see your brand the only thing you can do is content marketing you can do your you can improve your reviews you can improve your rating so that people get to know about you so so these are the four elements i would like to just share with you quickly yeah okay so now uh, when you were mentioning this you know that niche part hmm. how does the what uh, select the niche here it's better to select the niche which is missing in that particular geography because hmm. cloud kitchen is typically serving in you know 5 to 7 km area hmm. and uh, plus something which you can do better you know uh, which you are expert into it so is this a right strategy or there's something some other way to find out your niche for you know i fundamentally believe that you know finding a niche is a very important aspect and it needs a lot of research and and that's something you know we've already always covered as part of tkg ventures you know the kind of courses we run how do you find your niche because you know sometimes so for example prithvi wants to start a restaurant and you know the the first thought you know will will come to your mind is that will it even make sense to me uh, you know of of probably starting a, starting a sushi restaurant probably in a place where nobody likes sushi but what if you know you really fun- understand three aspects uh, which again i'll try to put a structure to this first about what do you think is a local demand local demand can be either the the classes or the masses what do you want to go for you know if you're going for the classes then you then how this will work is that you will focus on a higher ticket size and lower sales and the masses is basically doing lower ticket size but higher sales so understand what is the kind of customer segment which you're looking at because you know it can be very fancy to talk about like i said local demand means what it can be very fancy to talk about doing a sushi but you know does that give you happiness you know do you want a bustling restaurant you know if you think probably you relate with the cuisine like if you're doing maharashtran cuisine for that matter in a place like mumbai if you if you're in the kandivali or if you're in chembur you would want to do like local cuisine because that sells sells faster but for example if you know if you want to change the same same context to doing something for the classes which is basically doing a sushi or probably doing a high 
uh, I would say a high quality Indian, you know, Indian, you know, Indian cuisine menu, which is basically with a great packaging and so on and so forth. Idea is that are you willing to wait for that gestation period? Because that's an individual call which you need to take. So you know what is the local area demand? What you have? Second, so uh, you know, second and uh, second, like I said, is about figuring out whether you want to, you know, you really want to focus on the classes or the masses. Because that's very important. And the third and the most important aspect is staff availability. I fundamentally believe that you can put whatever niche you want to put. You can tomorrow come back from, from Belgium and you can say, I want to do the best Belgian waffles. I want to copy, you know, what I've seen in the, you know, in Europe, I want to copy it here. Boss, you try and copy it, but you should have the staff to do it. No. Or it should be in a process, you know, where in which you can do it. So once looking into all these three aspects, you come on to a, an understanding that what will make the best sense to you. And that's when you start off. I always believe that analysis leads to a, sometimes a lot of paralysis. People are not really able to actually take a decision. And that is where I see people not even taking action on their, on their you know, on the thoughts, you know, they've been able to build upon, right? You'll not hit the market, you'll not learn. But the only good thing, you know, you need to keep in mind is to be, to not be penny wise pound foolish and be very, very prudent with your expenses. That's it. Rest, the market teaches everyone, even the best restauranteur in the world or even today, you know, if I'm, if I'm running an event hospitality company or across my portfolio of cloud kitchens, I, you know, I'm not saying that everything works well, but till the time we don't hit a market, we don't hit a niche, we don't understand the math of that particular niche, we are never able to scale up, right? So that's how it typically works. So you have to you have to really experiment, you know, experiment, be 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 very prudent with your costs and, and hit the market and, and find and do a lot of experimentation, like I said, you know. If one if one cuisine is not working for you, then you'd probably come up with another pilot of another cuisine. Today the beauty of a cloud kitchen brand is you can start multiple brands from the same kitchen. So for example, if you're doing if you're doing pan Asian cuisine, right? Now in pan Asian cuisine, you can do a Tangra style Chinese also, which is like a like a low cost, you know, 100, 150, 200 rupee kind of an APC. What if you change the packaging and you change the product quality and you come up with the same kitchens using the same staff, you change the ingredient quality and you come up with an 800 rupee, 900 rupee kind of an APC kind of an item. So you figure out your own niche by, by doing a hit and trial, but understanding that, you know, like I said, knowing where you fit in the best, your local area demand, your what is your right customer segment what you want to focus on and third what is your staff availability these three aspects if you look into you can find your niche very easily got it so uh manveer are there any players in markets who provide the entire infrastructure for setting up cloud kind of uh, consultants and outsourcing partners who bring everything together and within few weeks cloud kitchen is ready so i'll tell you uh you know the beauty of the current ecosystem is that everything is getting democratized Everything is right now available to you in a plug-and-play format. Who thought you can? You don't have to build an entire office. You can just have to probably go. You know, everything is available on a plug-and-play basis. The same thing, and that, that also resonates, and that that also shares. This this thought also shares about the ethos. What I said, the cloud kitchen ecosystem is growing. That today everything is available in a plug-and-play format. If you want to start a cloud kitchen business, and if you're very sure about starting a professional cloud kitchen business. You have set infrastructure services providers who basically will provide you with kitchen space and the entire equipment to start a cloud kitchen business. You don't really have to build everything from scratch. 
it has its own pros and cons which is a broader discussion which we need to have however like i said if you are scaling up and you want to scale to 10 out 10 outlets today opening up restaurants won't really work out for you you know i mean each restaurant is like is their own civil has to be done mbp has to be done nowadays you have partners uh, you know in the market like um, you know i believe kitchen centers is there you know swiggy kitchens was there smarto kitchens was there and so on and so forth all these players will provide you with a kitchen as a service model and you have to pay a rental as well as a certain share of the you know of the of the sales what you do and in some cases and and scale up your brand much faster than what you know it would have been earlier is it like something we works for absolutely absolutely that's that's the, that's the entire model so it's it's the same model of weworks the concept is like like that that's what uh, that's what I told you it's democratizing the entire space that today uh, you don't have to set up an entire kitchen you just take up one kitchen in an entire alley of 10 10 to 20 kitchens and and that's how the model works pretty much like weworks yep hmm so uh, manveer many people have actually burned hands in cloud kitchen business is it is said in fact that at least 50% of the cloud kitchen businesses are making losses uh, while we know people are preferring to eat in rather than going out hence we can't even deny there's a huge scope for the cloud kitchen business so let's understand from you uh, uh, some kind of a framework for running a successful cloud kitchen since you have helped so many of them you know set up so i'll tell you um, you know about the opening and closing bit my two cents on that always remains that that's with every business but more so more with the food business food is, a, is is considered to be a low shelf life business you know in the first 6 months you get to know whether you'll 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 be able to run it or you'll not be able to run it and like i said i had i had i had shared with you four reasons why a lot of cloud kitchen operators what four four reasons why cloud kitchen operators need to keep in mind before starting a cloud kitchen business a lot of people think that just by opening up a you know a kitchen and just listing on a swiggy zomato i'll be able to make money sitting at home you mentioned a very important point that you know 50% i don't think 50% is the right number uh, that you know 50% are 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 you know are typically under losses because that's a different case however yes one losses and being not being profitable are two different things because one is called an operational break even and one is called a capex break even and 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 specifically and and that's my bad news for people who were slightly happy that you know i am talking about operational break even that that you know even if you operationally break even breaking even but you're not able to make money to i need to take out a capex and actually take a good good take home the number one reason for that is 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 aggressive dependence on the aggregator platform everyone thinks that i'll probably make money from the aggregator platform and they don't want to put an effort but the first and the most important aspect anyone needs to understand if he wants to succeed in the cloud kitchen business of course i told you about the brand i told you about the sales and marketing blitz location niche but the most important aspect is something which i like to add as the fifth point which is called multiple income dependency now what does that mean there are four sources of revenue sources for any cloud kitchen business one is the aggregator business which is of course the swiggies and zomatos of the world if you're a home chef it would have been like a like a food cloud and other 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 you know uh, your your aggregator platforms which are there for home chefs now the second which is the most important and the most underutilized aspect for all those people who are who are suffering losses is 
they don't have any direct revenue they are not making tripti or manveer order from them directly they have not built a funnel so that if i have ordered once from you through a zomato or a swiggy they have no funnel in place to to ensure that the customer comes to them directly now it can be either a discount it can be either a better customer service it can be either a you know either either a, you know a, a, a comfort of a freebie of sorts it can be whatever but till the time cloud kitchens keep spending money to be visible on the aggregator to get orders to increase their sales and then they expect to get all the sales from the aggregator and don't get direct sales from the customers in that case they are paying 25% 30% on every transaction back to the aggregator that's why they are not profitable they might not be under losses and that's why you know when you say 50% are not profitable i will agree but they are in losses i will i will you know like i said losses is, is part of the initial business but like i said if the person understands understands about multiple income dependency which is that their direct revenue is a very important aspect and you have to build a funnel it's very important third which is called adding an element of subscription services to your businesses very much possible if you're doing an indian cuisine restaurant you can easily do a thali service or a tiffin service absolutely doable my friend and fourth is doing catering and bulk orders which has been my bread and butter for the longest time and and believe you me believe you me the people whom you're talking about don't follow this framework they don't look at the three point the four points i had told you told you earlier along with multiple income dependency because they are just under the illusion which a lot of people are ki karna kya hota hai restaurant mein you know what what is it that that, that, that you need to do for, a, for for running a restaurant or for that matter a cloud kitchen you just have to put a manager and he'll run the show it does not work like that my friend to build a strategy around that and that's the the key aspect which i wanted to share with you Let's take a quick break. Hey, I'm Asami Talk listeners. Hope you have not missed subscribing to our newsletter for the latest news, blogs, podcast updates. Check the link in the description. We don't spam your inbox and hence we do have one of the highest rate of newsletter opening in the industry. Yeah, that's interesting. so one of the problem we see in cloud kitchen business is uh, consistency in the orders hmm. so could you just share some light that how can that consistency in the orders can be you know maintained so you know like i said uh, see you know when you talk about consistency of orders consistency of orders is is you know and again i would say given is is the food quality what you are serving you can do as much marketing as you want to but if your food is not good you know you know you can't expect much to happen in the process right so so that's all obviously there however the other aspect you know which you can try and do is is again three aspects what i what, what i like to share with you i always believe today brands have become conversational it's about me building a conversation with you how do i build conversation with you you have to find ways so that the customer gets to know about your brand and that happens primarily through a lot of content marketing now content marketing is what it can be your instagram it can be your facebook you know reaching out to the relevant audience within your local hyper local area hyper local area is, so for example i come from delhi and i'm sitting in greater kailash i can target people with my facebook and instagram ads within my uh, you know within my radius of 2 km or 3 km and so on and so forth all thanks to facebook and, and instagram because of which the data which is embedded 
it will and people who start following you they start engaging with you based on the content which you're doing online so the first aspect is to focus on content marketing through your social media because that will that really works out well second aspect is called leveraging and capitalizing on your data and i can talk on and on about one thing which is called data as a new oil it's genuinely the new oil because if you have you know in the current ecosystem and the and the dark aspect about the cloud kitchen industry is that there's a lot of data masking the aggregators like swiggy and zomato don't really share your uh, uh, you know your customer data with you because that's their intellectual property according to them they today zomato is starting a 10 minute 10 minute food delivery that's basis the data they've collected right they know what a person would eat they know what a thrifty would eat at 5 pm because she's been ordering like 10 times you know in the last what i think you know in the last 10 days 15 days 20 days so basis that they build that algorithmic you know working entirely and likewise if a person can leverage upon his data which he can capitalize on the aggregator coming to him and start remarketing to them through crm which is to offers to discount and to promos that is what a crm system plays very important role through the data and the third and the most important thing which which i think if someone can understand as a food business entrepreneur anyone on the on the on the on the aggregator platforms your orders comes through the online reputation which you have perception beats reality what are the kind of order what are the kind of reviews you have what are the kind of you uh, know uh, rating which you have it depends on how i will perceive you if your ratings online are pathetic i'm sorry you know there's only as much you can try and expect from me come to think of yourself also as a customer so if you look into these three aspects what i just shared with you i think you're good to go these these are my thoughts okay yeah that's interesting so while you were telling us about the you know various four channels through which has to be you know take focused while explaining mm. us the framework so uh, these are the different channels which uh, you know client gets the business should focus mm. on these or is there anything else you would like to mm. put across uh so you know broadly i think the broader structure covers all these aspects because i personally believe that that you know uh the multiple income dependency and and actually you know these aspects which what i just shared with you are the key key points to start uh, to to probably get consistent orders if you get consistent orders and you know your your business is consistent you're good to go in it, in its in its in its whole stride so yeah these are my quick points i don't know whether this answers your specific query or not but happy to take it further so yeah, yeah so basically uh, i was trying to understand the various channels one is say for example uh, through swiggy so, or zomato absolutely the aggregator so i i'll again re, you know reiterate uh so, so there are four sources of revenue what any cloud kitchen business can capitalize on one is a aggregator revenue what do you get from a swiggy or a zomato for that matter uh in a in a in in a in a in a, in a format of a, of a home chef it is basically like a like a food cloud and so on and so forth so first is that the aggregator income second is second is a direct income that if thrifty orders directly from me versus ordering from a from a zomato or a swiggy then that is my direct income a lot of if you just see the sales mix of any of any cloud kitchen and i i recommend this to everyone listening to this podcast to make a sales sales uh, mix for their uh, you know for their business to understand where do they stand because if you if you actually open up that you know open up that if you're making 1 lakh rupees revenue and 80% is coming or 90% is coming only from aggregator sales and only 5% is coming from from direct orders i think you're up for trouble 
and you're paying eight, 20% commission on this, on this entire 80% sales. Imagine even if you increase that share to 30% further, how much money you're able to save. So second is the direct income, what you're able to generate. Third is your subscription services. If you can start any sort of subscription with your food, which, which gives consistency to the business. Understand? Like if, if you know, you think that, that probably, uh, you know, I, I am a diet conscious, uh, you know, customer and I do only sandwiches and salads. I can probably do a salads menu for you. Seven days, seven salads. Or, you know, uh, you know, weekend salad, you know, weekend salad bowl menu or keto diet menu, something on, something on those lines. And through that, what happens is through subscription, what happens is you get money upfront and you can, you have business consistent, you know, which is there. And the fourth and the most important is doing bulk orders, doing parties, doing catering, whatever comes your way above five, five to 10 people is comes under, comes under the category of catering services. So try and capitalize on that. So that's what I can tell you. Yep. Yeah, that gives a clear explanation of the channels for the cloud kitchen businesses. Hmm. So now coming to the operations part of the cloud kitchens, how do we bring in a standardization in operations and backend, which I think, and I, I'm sure you would also say that's very important part of the cloud kitchen. So, you know, um, I fundamentally believe that, 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 you know, whenever you talk about standardization, standardization is a broad topic and it, it is basically, uh, you know, it's, it's important in every food business, you know, for that matter. And standardization only comes through, you know, two or three elements, which is first getting, a, getting understanding what is the model you're in. Are you in a chef-driven model or are you in a chef-less model? They're two very different concepts and it's an entire topic which we can discuss on for one hour. But the concept is in broader sense, you need to document, document, document. Document all your processes, all your recipes. Everything in the process has to be documented because, you know, Right from the inventory, what goes inside the food to the actual recipe, you know, what you're using to the actual, uh, you know, texture, the, the look and feel of the food has to be documented in a manner so that the boys are able to, to come up with that every, every given point in time. Now, there are multiple models, you know, which have come in the market, which is specifically from the perspective of chefless and chef driven model. But like I said, that's a different and a longer topic, you know, which you can always cover. But the only quick, quick, quick thought I can share on that is that you need to document everything what you're doing because standardization comes from from being able to measure, you know, having documented a data data point, and then measuring it against that. That is yeah. it coming similar to that? So what what I have recommended to a, to a couple of my portfolios is that put the pictures of if you're doing an eight item ten item menu, put the pictures of that right in front of you, how the yeah. look and feel should be. And just below that, put the recipes so that tomorrow there is no, no chance of error. And if there is, yeah. then it is easily visible to you in the customer complaints, what comes to you. And that's when you need to understand that the training is not there. So training yeah. is, the, is the first part and then comes in the element of documentation. So that's how it typically works. Yep. Yeah. So uh, now let's go to the next question, which is related to operations only and Again, related to food, it is very important, which is right forecasting of the demand and procuring accordingly. Because here, many uh, food-related businesses and even cloud kitchen businesses making losses because they are not able to forecast it correctly. A lot of you know waste is kind of situation. So, could you get some you know tips for that? So, I'll tell you quickly, Tati. Uh, you know, forecasting of demand in retail business is very difficult. Any retail business, for that matter. 
but what is important is that you manage your cost and you and you and you and you plan your backend in a manner that you have an element called power stock power stock you have inventory level set for you so what does inventory level mean so you will not order like 10 kgs of potatoes assuming that you know you'll sell all of them in a weekend but if you said say i need to have 3 kgs of potatoes anything besides this you know if if you know has been consumed anything less than this has been consumed i need to replenish the same stock uh, keeping 3 you know 3 kgs with me at any, any at any given point in time so my point is when it comes to forecasting you know the sales part it's a very 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 tricky question in the case of a retail business it's for every business it's a it's it's in a in a in a, in a nutshell it's a hardcore uh, you know you know you know cash and carry business right and you don't know whether the customer is probably you know there, there are some days you know i also don't have a you know have any reason why on a wednesday you know you have approximately 100 orders going out and on a on a sun, on a saturday there will be 20 orders coming to you there's no answer to it but what is important is that if you keep your inventory level set and if you understand that you know you optimize the backend in a way that all your vendors are set and you know they and they can provide you with the with the necessary uh, you know inventory at you know in a in a short frame of frame of time you know you can easily manage the quantity and at the same time not hold a lot of equipment you know uh, hold a lot of inventory with you just anticipating sales will come in so there's no right answer to it but what i can say is yeah. that you know that's something you know you do with experience essentially of sorts yeah yeah okay there's another aspect related to kitchen and operations is basically which you have already highlighted is cooks employees or labor you know now how this is actually a big problem because if what you said correctly having a initially you mentioned that having a uh, available of ability of the cooks for you for the uh, segment you are choosing okay but still after that you know there are challenges you know the mm. person might leave and various other you know might not report to the work and cloud kitchen might be dependent on them and various other labor issues so have you figured out some way to deal with this so like i like i told you in the first part you know uh, so there there are you know there are two broader models which you need to focus on i don't want to share the third one because that that will become too complicated that way that's basically a, a, a you know so you know to put, to put to put it shortly one is called a chef driven model where in which your dependence is on the chef he will make everything you're making chef driven driven cuisine like at, you know if you're doing you know if you're doing a a gourmet cuisine restaurant you know a, a gourmet cuisine cloud kitchen you need a chef to be on board right and you want him to do a good you know good uh, fancy plating grill the chicken fresh in front of you and serve the customer in that kind of a frame of you know that style of service the second way is that you run a chef less model wherein which you lose you use an element of say um, you use an element of kitchen automation or kitchen automation is basically you know making a dosa with a you know with with an element of robotics and iot or probably you know uh, having a lot of frozen food you know in the in the cuisine so that the the items can be replicated or using retort cuisine retort based you know packets if you've seen you know using them to probably make your food so you need to understand what model do you go in for like a chef made in chef driven model is basically what we know of and it's 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 slightly where you have a premium but in the chefless model it's easier for you to scale it up so depending on the kind of niche you are in you know just you know you need to really figure it out whether you want to be in the chef driven model 
or a chefless model in my podcast in in you know the the three employing hacks the 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 the, the three styles of doing catering i've shared all these aspects and and you know you'll understand that that you know staffing is itself is a is a is a major concern as part of the food business but it's a people's business but the point is that, that that's where you need to understand what brand do you do you try and optimize right you know do you do you, do you, do you ideally exude if your brand is like a gourmet brand wherein which you want to exude chef driven cuisine then you need to have a chef but then you need to document and train but when when you're doing a chef less cuisine then in that case you have to use a lot of new technology what is coming in in terms of kitchen automation uh, you know frozen and, and retort based cuisines which 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 can be used and can be scaled up easily that's the idea about leo sauce so how small entrepreneurs in cloud kitchen improve on quality and training is there some established one they can invest in the capital they can invest the experts and the hires what happens to the small entrepreneurs you know believe you me there's no and i i just love this line you know someone said this uh, there are no small entrepreneurs there is small thinking uh, and, and and that's what that's the that's the truth you know come what may because what really happens in that case is uh you know all of us you know the concept of msme you know is what micro small and medium enterprises but in a in a gist all of them come under the come 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 lesser than the larger large business business kind <laughs> of a category right but the concept is that you know the beauty of entrepreneurship is that at you know at a level of an entrepreneur everyone is at parity your mm-hmm. turnovers can vary but the hustle is the same and and my point is so i just somewhere would would want to say that small entrepreneur there's nobody who's starting a cloud kitchen business who understands who can probably list himself on a cloud kitchen platform i don't think you know he's a layman he can understand the basics and like i always said you know it's a common sense business right you know how they can probably probably leverage out the same framework what i just shared with you a lot of these the small entrepreneurs which you said are small businesses what you what we're talking about all of them make the same mistakes they think that they can do, they can probably build an entire business out of a, out of an aggregator platform they think probably they can sell everything on, you know within one menu so for example in a cloud kitchen business if you're doing like a like a north indian south indian continental cuisine everything under under one one specific roof there's no niche which you're trying to create so what the you know what small businesses can typically do is to focus on the framework what i've shared with you in the previous answer and to really understand where they are standing you know be it on the brand side be it on the quality aspect you know which is basically like i told you that if they start you know building a standard document of all the recipes what what they are doing as well as uh, you know of the items you know what they are making the look and feel the presentation of those items and then they start training their their their, their staff that's where the actual opportunity is so so like i said there are no small entrepreneurs there's a small thinking and if and if you yourself after investing that kind of money can't really do all these aspects then i think my friend you're in the wrong business and that's my mm-hmm. that's my thought uh, when it comes to this particular part yep okay got it so now next moving to the marketing part of the business marketing as you have already shared is very very critical part okay mm. because you are not having anything which people can see you face to face everything is online so how to optimize on the marketing and uh, some marketing cost so, so mm. limited budget how to you know do the broadcasting so you know i always believe you know that that, that what really happens in the in the, in the marketing cost rate is that 
that you know marketing and sales is a very important and integral integral part of your business and if someone does not really really focus on that because a lot of people like i said and i, I again keep repeating once you are too dependent on the aggregator people forget marketing people only think that this is by playing you know playing ads on an aggregator platform you'll be able to get business i fundamentally believe the power of content marketing as well as building upon your reviews as well as your rating is the best form to optimize on the marketing cost which what you are investing in for example if you give you know like you know i mean in my sessions what i what i typically do with a lot of people i share the way in which they can do zero cost influencer marketing which is so easy to do on instagram you know they just need to find the relevant people within their particular area who are posting about food and just send them free food and once you send them free food you just ask them that if you like my food you just review us on zomato swiggy zomato swiggy as well as you know give you know give us a review on your instagram handle why are that what happens is that your rating goes up and your once your rating goes up you are trying to build a very strong online reputation for yourself because of which what happens is after a point in time you don't need to spend the money on the ads your good word only and the content what you created online or the testimonials what you have done online becomes your actual marketing tool to leverage upon and that's the that's the whole concept of doing it so the entire aspect about about marketing in terms of either you know you are on limited budget or you don't want to allocate a lot of money in that is to basically focus on these three fundamentals which is first you know focusing on doing a lot of content around your food you know there should be stories around your food that people are talking about your food you know i mean you know the the, the way you're making your food essentially all those aspects needs, needs to be there so that you know people get the feeler that you know it's fresh food you know coming to them you know there's a proper kitchen the behind the scenes kind of a you know kind of a picture is what you can go you can give through your content marketing on social media second is your reviews you know induce people to write reviews about yourself on the aggregator platforms because that is what is your online reputation and third and most important your ratings your ratings will improve directly as in when your reviews start coming in and those ratings will get you more orders and that will reduce your marketing cost these these are the quick thoughts i i'd like to share with you yeah 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 i think all of them makes very much sense in today's environment let's move to the discussion which is related to supply chain for the cloud so what are your secret sauce related to making your supply chain for cloud kitchens robust so in in terms of the supply aspect you know what i fundamentally believe is that you know supply chain is one area which needs to be really hacked and why i say it has to be hacked is because a lot of times if you see you know like you said in a small setup what really happens is you think that that i'll buy probably everything from a big bazaar or a more or or probably you know as is buy it on a ad hoc basis what really happens is that your your final produce really gets varied you know in terms of so if you're doing like a you know if you're doing like a butter chicken for that matter or if you're doing like a shahi paneer for that matter the quality of your tomatoes play a very important role in the way your your recipes will come out the standardization of your masalas will play a very important role in the way the recipe really comes out so you what you need to do as a as a as a stepping tool is to make a vendor sheet a vendor sheet will be basically made for every of each and every vendor of yours right from your butchery to your uh, you know to your grocery to your vegetables so that it's the same person giving you those items and you don't face a concern you know regarding the quality aspect during during days of shortages like 
in Delhi and in Mumbai, you know, we've seen this very frequently that there's a sudden surge of onions and tomatoes for that matter. But if you have a robust supply chain in terms of set vendors for everything, you'll never have a problem. And 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 just to add upon that, add upon that, you know, keep a backup vendor also in place. But my focus is don't buy it from anyone and everyone. Like what a lot of people do is they buy every day from a different vendor, which really impacts the quality of their produce. You know, at the end of the day, that that's how it typically works. Okay, so now let's uh, understand a little more about the process which is ahead, which is related to delivery. You know. We have already discussed about high cost of Swiggy and Zomato, which are two major delivery partners currently. How can the delivery part can be optimized? Because it's it's the major cause. It's difficult for the cloud kitchen to set up their own delivery. How can you know guide us on that? That what can be the alternative can be placed to tackle the delivery services of Swiggy and Zomatos. So I'll tell you, uh, you know, first and foremost, I highly recommend you to take their services only wherever they are present in, you know, on uh, on the Swiggy and Zomato platform. Why I'm saying that is because if you're on the aggregator platform and if you don't use uh, the aggregator services, you know, the commission, it impacts the commission also. And it also impacts the number of orders they push to you. I mean, this, this is like an insider information I'm trying to share with you that, that, that probably if you don't take Swiggy Zomato services on the, on you know, I mean, probably... You know, I mean, if you know, I mean, as part of your backend operation, you know, the number of orders which are pushed to you are reduced because then the commission also varies, right? So, so the first thing is for the aggregator orders, I would recommend you to stick to them because, you know, it will really, you know, you know, instead of saving cost, you'll have to, you know, probably have another, uh, you know, probably blow to, blow to your sales because of because of the low number of orders which are pushed to you. The second way is that. If you have your direct orders or if you have subscription orders or if you have like your catering orders going in now for them i think the other area the other aspect of the for the of the entire food business ecosystem what has been really disrupted is the logistics and when i say the logistics you have companies like the porto you have dunzo you have swiggy genie you have uh, uber today for a matter you know who basically send out packages you understand they you know you have bike guys, you know, who are willing to come to you, pick up your food and go out to deliver. Now, use all these tools to, to efficiently deliver to your customers at the least possible cost and ensure at the same time that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good and a seamless process for them, uh, you know, overall. So, so, so the best way is, you know, when you want to hack your delivery is that, you know, while you're using your Swiggy's and Zomato's for your all direct orders, you're supposed to use uh, you know these hyper local services which are already there in your available in your particular city and uh, leverage them to the fullest to to ensure that you know you can do the last one delivery to your customers so that's how you know you can go about so you're basically saying in your geographical location try to use swiggy and zomato and for the distant one try to use other means no 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 so so what i'm saying tripti is that that if you you know for for all orders coming through a Swiggy and Zomato, if the rider is available, I would recommend you to take their services only. Reason being that if you try to cut their services, their commission is commissions are reduced because of which the algorithm at the back end starts sending you sending you lower number of orders. You understand? It will spoil your ranking on the platform. Okay. Yeah, if if you are reducing taking orders from them. Absolutely. From the I'm talking about if you start reducing you know, if you start removing, taking the rider from them, you understand? Even if you want riders to riders from them. Absolutely. 
because the 25-30% commission comes with the rider, right? So there's a breakup of, you know, 10 to 15% for the order commission, which is for the sales commission, what they take? Take the orders and take their own riders. That's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. Okay. So you are saying uh, for your direct orders, make your own arrangement. Okay. Absolutely. That's, that's Absolutely. Absolutely. That, 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 that's, that's what I'm referring to. So for, for aggregator orders, stick to the aggregator drivers because that will help you okay. remain consistent on the, on, the, on the platform. But for other, for direct orders, you know, stick okay. to a third party because that will be more profitable for you. Now, in case of seeing, you know, aggregator partners, Zomato and Ziggy, etc., how to get uh, repeat orders, you know, from the customers, post-sale issues, because here you are not directly connected with the customers. So the only answer to this is two things. Your reviews and ratings, nothing else. There's nothing else. If you screwed up, you're out. As simple as that. So for example, you know, if you've delivered something on the... On give how to ensure that, you know, the food eaters who are ordering give reviews also. You know, so I'll tell you, when we talk about how to ensure the food reviewers, you know, so like I told you, you know, I fundamentally believe in this thought called Gorilla Marketing. What is Gorilla Marketing? Gorilla Marketing is finding a low-cost hack to reach out to your customers. So for example, if someone... and and someone orders orders a, a, a biryani you know biryani from from me you know for that matter and i am delivering it to him through the aggregator platform now there's no interface between me and the customer it's only swiggy or a zomato in between or an aggregator platform right in that kind of a scenario what you do is once the package is going to the customer in the package only you brand it so well and you put a discount coupon on that or a freebie that order next time from us with a 20% discount or a direct something like that you know or direct from us and we'll give yeah. you 20% discount or order direct from us you know we'll give you another portion of starters complimentary that induces yeah. the customer to order from you directly now once yeah. the customer is directly directly reaching out to you that's when you can get into the entire format of incentivizing the customer to yeah. ideally start writing reviews for you yeah because if you don't you know incentivize them Till the time you know you don't get his customer detail, you can't do anything, and that's the that's the entire business model of of how an aggregator platform operates. But the moment yeah. the customer reaches out to you, and if you can incentivize him with offers, with freebies, and ask them to review and start creating content around 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 uh, you know your food, that's when you know uh, that that's when you know the customer will idly write a review for you and so on and so forth. So that's the only way which you have. Mm-hmm. Fortunately or unfortunately, that's that's how it works. Got it, got it. So uh, now let's coming on the technology part. Okay, how is the machine learning, artificial intelligence, new age technologies impacting the cloud kitchen business? You know, I think you know entire AI ML aspect is really being exploded right now. I think, I think, you know, I always keep sharing that the food business ecosystem keeps changing every ten years, right? So basically, you know, uh, what I can tell you at the least is that that all the cloud kitchen operators I know of or, or all the F&B operators I know of, the industry changes every 10 years and there's a new revolution com- coming every 10 years. So basically, earlier it was finding restaurant, then it became casual dining, then it became QSRs. Now is when we talk about cloud kitchen. The future is all about, you know, your smart cloud kitchens. Now, what is a smart cloud kitchen? Smart cloud kitchen is, is, is a cloud kitchen which... There's a lot of 
cooking through through elements with you know with ai and ml in terms of right the right from the presentation to the amount of ingredients which are going inside and so on and so forth in fact recently zomato has acquired a stake in a company called mukunda foods which is just just the same thing they create robotics uh, and and you know iot enabled uh, you know uh, gadgets uh, for your uh, food preparation and so on and so forth so like i said it's really exploding it's really coming up and i think kitchen automation is not the future it's it's here right now it's just that we need to see when it becomes cost efficient to idly you know acquire them at scale that's the that's the whole part because right now it's still on the higher side it's only larger companies you know who are able to afford that but the moment you know uh, i believe you know it will become democratized the way i call it and it becomes you know comes in a cost price of 45 50000 rupees or 35 35 40000 rupees that's when you know even a layman can buy it for that matter and with a smaller kitchen size you know he can operate a entire cloud kitchen mm-hmm. for that matter so that's that's a very interesting space what is coming up right now couple of years it it's not couple of years the pay i believe yeah. you know i think one or two years three years at the max the way i'm seeing the, the things going okay so is there any certain myth you would like to share with us which is related to cloud kitchen i would say that besides the cloud kitchen business there's a myth about the food business ecosystem that you have to be a chef or a hotel management graduate to start a food business it's the biggest myth don't listen to them start your own dream because that's the beauty of it yep Uh-huh and maybe some mistake or reasons of failures of cloud kitchens which you think is the top reasons you have seen across you know i have actually shared a lot of these reasons why because uh you know like i said single income dependency uh-huh. one of the biggest concerns you know single income dependency doing multiple things on the menu like not having a niche uh probably not not trying to leverage on the data what you have not ideally uh trying to uh you know do a lot of branding and marketing activities basically specifically on the aggregator platform you know discover if people don't get discovered how will they get orders and you get discovered only if your ratings are good if you are you know if you you know if you if you have good reviews about you this content about you so all these become a part of whatever i've discussed in the in the you know i mean as part of a conversation right now and like i said there's so much to learn but the most important aspect is that you know you should start for the right reasons don't start because because it's fancy to start a cloud kitchen or a restaurant business because that's not that's not what the business is about it's a very serious business it needs a lot of time effort and and like i said maybe sometimes i think you know the the effort to reward ratio is not much but but you know i always believe that food is a very satisfying business and it gives you a lot of food for thought uh, in terms of uh, of actually finding a fitment there so if you find that fitment that's only when you should be getting into the specific business of sorts so uh, manveer if someone is moving from running a physical store to cloud kitchen business hmm. is there anything specific they need to unlearn and relearn you know i fundamentally believe that, that this is this is a this is a ever evolving industry i think you know cloud kitchen is just one part to it right the entire food business ecosystem is a broader industry and what we need to do as an you know in the in the, the said spaces that we need to keep evolving keep learning on every aspect like i i am telling you ai ml in kitchen was unheard of i fundamentally am telling you i have been one of the biggest proponents of the fact that that you know you can't replace the chef in the kitchen and i was the one you know uh, you know i'm i'm the first person who's learning the most about this because nowadays chef is being replaced he's being replaced in every kitchen of sorts 
you don't have chefs operating out of the largest largest cloud kitchens you have processes you have systems operating it so 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 like i said that's that's the important aspect uh, you know what everyone needs to you know learn and unlearn because because uh, you know this is this is all you know that like i said it's a dynamic business and things keep changing every now and then that's how it typically works so uh, are there any forums or courses which can help in the micro requirements of the cloud kitchen community is there some kind of forums are there only for the cloud kitchen you know yeah i understand i understand you know so basically we run a community uh, so i run another company called tkg ventures which is a coaching consulting and incubation initiative to empower the next generation of food entrepreneurs and we have a community of around 800 plus entrepreneurs who are basically part of our community for doing our courses around the cloud kitchen business i run you know we run one of the largest cloud, cloud kitchen courses on the udemy platform and like i said to all these platforms people will get a lot of knowledge but you know for the day to day queries uh you know like i said you know it's it's you know it's basically you can try and capitalize on a lot of lot of online groups which are there i think i see a lot of online groups which are on cloud kitchen on facebook on uh, you know on linkedin you know which keep talking about the about about relevant issues and and for a for a community aspect that's where you know it can be really really handy but if you just want to do courses i think there's a lot of content online right now uh which we are also curating internally uh so so yeah you can you can refer to them and happy to help you know if if there's anything which i can do to add value okay great so thanks manvi now we have uh, you know we have covered lot of things regarding cloud kitchens and interesting concepts we have learned from you hmm. and a great learning hmm. uh, we are moving towards the last section of the episode now sure so to start with we would like to know you know talk more things you would recommend as guiding principles for entrepreneurs which is typically from the long term perspective like it's always there in them back of their mind whether it is today or after 5 years or 10 years okay so the first and the most important uh, aspect you know which i think you know i wrote in the first part of my book and i think in every conversation i highlight this the first aspect is that life is what happens to you while you're busy planning other things life is what happens to you while you're busy planning other things if someone can understand this aspect and and really live his life to the fullest i think pandemic was one of the worst times i have probably seen in the longest time but i think i i tried to make it relatively productive but but and i never had anticipated because i've never gone through a you know a low like that in my in my career that way you know we've done Uh, you know we've been we've been running businesses since a long time but i think i think the journey is in the you know the way you can ideally bounce back and and that's the first part uh, to it second is about looking at uh, you know looking at the bigger picture and while looking at the bigger picture keeping your 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 foot to the ground you know why i say that is because uh you know it's very important that you know in the operations and and that's a problem i tend to face and i think a lot of my community people you know tend, tend to face that while getting into the operations bit we tend to focus too much on the operation bit and we forget why were we why were we in the business in the first place right why did we come into the business in the first place you know so so it's very important that that you know to keep that picture in mind and be very prudent with the expenses which you're doing because you know you can probably think about looking at a rebel foods you can think about probably starting a a 1000 crore kind of a business but uh, my friend it takes a lot of lot of years to to build a kind of business and sometimes being in the right place at the right time and 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 the third thing is patience things take time 
and and if you you know if uh, you know if if you have the you know i mean if you have the comfort and the belief in yourself things tend to work out and if they don't work out then let it be you know like i said not not everyone is supposed to be in, in that in that particular stride but like i said entrepreneurship is a lifestyle try and you know try and live it in that sense you know be a hustler go out there every day try to contribute what you and i are doing on a friday evening i mean i mean let's be honest you know we're trying to add value to 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 someone who wants to learn selflessly was yeah. yeah. like i said you know it's 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 a you know it's it's a lifestyle and if someone can understand yes. that you know it's a, it's a it's a great leverage for them that's what i can mm-hmm. share great so what about you know some uh, short term tips or hacks jugad innovation is very important in every business uh, you know remember jugad is important in the short run but eventually you know long term systems and processes really work out so so remember that that whenever you starting your own you know your 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 business remember that jugad will be a key aspect when you are starting out but try to build systems and processes around that because as you grow in your company these things will really will really matter in terms of how you scale uh so 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 that's a very important critical aspect what what i would like to share in the second is that no matter whatever business you are in always remember every business has a b2b and a b2c side try to capitalize on them because if you only uh, you know today is not the time when in which we can say that you you're a b2b company or you're a b2c company uh, you know nowadays we can say that uh, you know we are living in the age of hybrid business models where in which everyone has to be in the have have a certain share in each of the pie now what what is your 8020 depends on on your business but 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 what is important is that you can't rely only on saying that i'm a b2b company and not look at b2c comfort me because the pandemic was been was been the one of the best blessings in disguise to teach us that so that's that's what what i would uh, probably share with you on this part great great thanks a lot manveer it was really interesting and knowledgeable you know episode for us for a completely new topic which is cloud kitchen and i'm sure some of the listeners who are in cloud kitchens or may be planning to get into cloud kitchen would learn about it from the episode absolutely looking forward so thanks a lot for coming on the show thank you so much for having me thank you i appreciate it through this episode i hope you would have got some answers to your queries and guidance for way forward Do share your learnings from the episode, your feedbacks and suggestions. If you are an entrepreneur and have questions from experts or any particular topic or profile of expert you want to hear or if you are an industry expert with MSME as a target audience, do reach out to us. Our link is given in description. And at last, please do subscribe for MSME Talk podcast and don't forget to share the podcast link with your friends, family and network. Take care. Goodbye. Happy to share MSME Talk podcast and the speak ranking chart of 10th country in the Apple Podcast country level entrepreneurship category. If you are an expert or provide product or services to small businesses, MSMEs and startups, reach out to us to discuss showcase opportunity in MSME Talk. Contact details given in description. Thank you.